Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is Anthony Digman. Anthony has an MA in theology. He's also an author, speaker, educator, and has his own YouTube channel. Anthony, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thanks for the invitation, Jonathan. It's great to be here. The focus and central message of this whole program is Malachi 4.6, which is what God himself has to say about fatherhood. This program exists because we need to take those words very, very seriously. I brought Anthony on the program because he's going to help us gain an insight into fatherhood through the lens of Joseph, the father of Jesus, the son of God. I can't think of a better earthly example. Can you, Anthony? No, this guy is spot on. And sacred scripture says so little about him. But I think when we read between the lines of what sacred scripture does tell us, that there is a lot that we can take away from Joseph that we can bring into our own lives as fathers and as husbands. Absolutely. And that gets me right into the first question, which is, why is Joseph a topic worth even exploring today? Yeah, great question. I love that. And by the way, I got to say this. I really like that verse from Malachi that you use because I think so often we as men, you know, we start off with good intentions and we might have a family and a career and we're like, oh yeah, I'm working to provide for my family. But then I think that sometimes in life we end up trying to self-validate and prove ourselves and, and get acclaim with our careers or whatever we're doing. And then sometimes we can become workaholics. I know I'm really tempted to that uh, in my life. And I'm, Mm-hmm. I justify it. And I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing this for my family. But the reality is, is when I, I back off and I go, well, wait a minute, you know, am I putting too much time into work and what do my children really need from me? What do my sons and my daughter really need from me? So mm-hmm. I love that, that verse that you have from Malachi. So back to St. Joseph here, um, Jesus. Okay. Jesus, the son of God become man incarnate, right? He comes as a baby. You know, he could have become incarnate as an adult man, but he chooses to become as a baby. And Jesus humbles himself so much. And we know this, right? You know, he's born in a stable. He's laid in a manger. That's a feeding trough for animals, for crying out loud. You know, he humbles himself so much. But consider this. Jesus humbled himself so much, being the God-man, that he chose to have Joseph be his earthly father. He would have learned from Joseph. He was obedient to Joseph. Remember, Jesus is a, he's a good Jewish boy. Okay. He would have followed the commandment of honor your father and mother. And this isn't just, you know, the father in heaven, obviously Jesus is obedience, uh, even to death, death on a cross to the father and God's will is, is paramount is huge. But Jesus also would have been obedient to Joseph, his earthly father within their home. He would have learned the trade from Joseph. Um, you know, Luke uh, chapter two, verse 33 and Luke two, verse 48 refers to Joseph as the father, or I'm sorry, as Jesus, as the son of Joseph. Okay. And Joseph is the father of Jesus. Okay. Son of Joseph is in John 6, 42. And then, uh, Joseph being the father of Jesus is Luke 2, 33 and Luke 2, 48. Okay. Uh, Luke 2, 52 tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom. Okay. So there were things that he chose as God, he chose to learn from Joseph, right? Not just the trade. Okay. But also masculinity. Joseph was a role Mm. model 
Okay, Joseph, this is how you're a man. And Joseph, like, we don't hear from him a lot in sacred scripture. Okay, he doesn't, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't say a single word. I mean, I could be missing something in my read through. Sometimes I get surprised. Somebody will mention a scripture verse and I'm like, I know I've heard that verse, but I forgot it. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm all 99.8% sure that Joseph didn't say a word in sacred scripture. He was silent. He was a hard worker. He provided for his family. I mean, even consider this, that Jesus, his mannerisms, the way that he spoke, the way he dealt with people, he would have learned how to be a man and how to deal with the world from Joseph. Okay, it's fascinating stuff. Now, we all take our own take, you know, from our fathers, but doesn't it happen that at some point in our lives we grow up and we go, I sound just like my father? <laughs> you know, Jesus would have done this. This would have been a very natural thing. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and propose that Joseph is even greater than all the other patriarchs of scripture. And I mean, all of them, you know, Abraham, Isaac, David, Solomon, like name them, anybody, because Jesus directly submitted to his heavenly or his earthly father, obviously his heavenly father, but his earthly father, Joseph, as an authority in his life. Okay, that's that's powerful, I think. Furthermore, Joseph loved Jesus even more than you, Jonathan, or me, or any other man in all of history. So anybody who's devoted to Jesus Christ, anybody who's a Christian, Joseph has a really important role for us as well, not just in terms of fatherhood, but also in terms of our devotion to God. I mean, think about this, okay? Can any other man love his own child better than he can as a father? Sometimes Christians feel like that all of our attention needs to be on Jesus and anything that isn't on Jesus specifically is, is just distracting if it's not on the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, and I would contend, okay, if you want to be closer to a king, wouldn't being closer to the rest of the royal family help you actually be closer to the king, to know the king better? I mean, who can tell you more about the king than everybody else around him? Being close to Joseph is about knowing his family. It's about knowing more about Jesus. Our devotion to Jesus can be impacted and can improve all the more when we know more about Joseph and what his devotion to Jesus look like? If only, like, if only even on a, a totally raw level of being inspired, okay? If by considering more about Joseph's life, just learning about Joseph and thinking about his life and what that would have looked like, that can inspire you and I to have better devotion to Jesus, but not just that, to be better fathers, to be more like Joseph and imitate him as a Hall of Famer and how well he was able to love, okay? So I think that that's really important. Next, okay, Joseph. We should be like Joseph and recognize that we are in God's presence at all times. Okay, Joseph wasn't in Jesus' presence all the time, but certainly when he came home from his work, when Jesus was able to join Joseph in his work, I think it's too easy for us not to bring God into our work. Right. And sometimes we don't even bring God into our family life. Okay. That's something that we can definitely learn from Joseph is bring God into our work and imagine how much Jesus would have sanctified the work, made holy the work that Joseph was doing, right? His carpentry work, you know, handyman kind of stuff. And also the home. I mean, how often do we think about this? Like, what was it like to be in Jesus's home before Jesus had active ministry going on when he was eight years old, when he was 12 years old? Okay. We don't know when Joseph died. Presumably, Joseph died before Jesus began his uh, his public ministry. So Joseph 
was there for the the quiet years, the silent years of Jesus? You know, what did that look like? You know, were, obviously there were trials and stuff, but you know, what was it like to be to hold Jesus when he was sick? Okay, when he had a mm. fever. To worry about losing Jesus, you know, to have that kind of devotion, to feed him when he was hungry, you know, it's just beautiful stuff that I don't think we take into consideration. Now, here's something I got to throw out because some people are like, you know, wouldn't it have been easier to raise Jesus than my kids? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I have heard that before. (laughs) <laughs> right, for sure. I mean, he was Jesus, right? Okay, but still, that, that doesn't take away, I don't think, from uh, what we can learn from Joseph and his devotion to Jesus and how he cared for Jesus and, and bringing God into every aspect of his life. I mean, obviously, Joseph probably had some extra graces to do what he needed to do as a husband and as a father, okay? But Nonetheless, I don't think that takes away from what we can also reflect on and learn from Joseph as well. So it's great stuff, I think, just because Jesus is is paramount, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God is paramount, I think, doesn't mean that we shouldn't also look at other uh, sources, other people that can help us grow closer to God. I mean, certainly like take you know a pastor of a, of a church, they should be able to inspire us and help us grow closer to Jesus Christ. Done. I was really excited to have this this discussion about Joseph because it's it's not very common. So around the holidays, it's not hard to find songs about Mary, books written about Mary, writings and sermons about Mary. In fact, most Christians, most Christian cultures barely mention or acknowledge Joseph. And dads have picked up on that. Why does Joseph's story need to be need to have the same focus now in our day and age? And why should fathers pay close attention to his example? Yeah, it's a good question. So, yeah, I'm thinking of the song, as you were asking the question, Jonathan, you know, Mary, did you know? You know, could there be a Joseph, did you know? (laughs) Kind of song. (laughs) You know, I suppose, yeah, but you're right. Joseph really doesn't get a lot of attention. And, you know, I think when we look at even our own lives a little bit, you know, sometimes the kids get a lot of attention. I mean, we give the kids a lot of attention, trying to provide for them and give them opportunities that maybe we didn't have, okay? And maybe our wives get a lot of attention. You know, it kind of depends upon the dynamic of the family and how outspoken and outgoing the wife may be. And sometimes we guys may be in the background as the supporter um, and provider for the family. And you know what? That's what Joseph did. And I think that that's part of the reason why Joseph doesn't get as much attention. But consider how Joseph would have have borne this, okay? You know, I think any time of year we can learn from Joseph's humility and that he would have taught Jesus this humility. I think we can and learn from Joseph's devotion and his sacrifice and Joseph's obedience. Okay. But certainly around the holidays is, is great time. Three things I want to focus on. Let's, let's take a look at Joseph's humility and his sacrifice and his devotion and, and maybe even his obedience. I think all these are really, really important. Okay. So humility first, Joseph is an incredibly humble guy. Okay. He's willing to do everything behind the scenes. Okay. He's not quoted in scripture. He gets very little attention. However, he taught Jesus from his infancy, from, from being a baby. And he was Jesus' example of, again, how to be a man. We mentioned this, uh, and this is all private. Okay. Few, few Christians consider this next look at his sacrifice. Okay. Joseph's sacrifice was incredible. And we, as men, I think we're called to a heroic sacrifice. Okay. Now Jesus is the ultimate 
heroic, self-sacrificial being. He makes Mm -hmm. salvation possible. But I think because of that, I think all of us men feel this desire, this calling to heroic self-sacrifice, which is why I think uh, something, for example, like the military can be so attractive to men is because Mm -hmm. we feel deep down this calling, this vocation to heroic self-sacrifice. And imagine this, like Jesus's ability to sac- accept God the Father's will and be, you know, sacrifice himself, allow himself to be sacrificed. He would have learned some of that from St. Joseph. He would have learned from Joseph's humility, from Joseph's self-sacrificial character. Wow. That would have been part of the, right, right, no, right, it's huge. That would have been part of the human formation of the God-man, okay? Like his, his divinity was absolutely perfect, but scripture tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom, okay? He would have, he would have learned. He allowed himself to be humbled to learn. Okay, powerful stuff, I think, coming from St. Joseph here, right? Joseph would have constantly sweat. He worked. He ached. His muscles ached. He bled to put food on the table for Jesus and Mary, okay? And we should see, I think, in that an example worthy of imitation as we try to provide for our own children and our own spouses, okay? Look at some examples of how he would have suffered, okay? Consider some of these, right? He was not able to provide a worthy place for Mary to give birth to Jesus. Okay. I, I don't know about you, but as a man, if my wife's in labor, she's going to give birth to, to our child. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, you know, I, I didn't provide, you know, the DNA as, as father Joseph didn't provide the DNA. Okay. But he, he still took Jesus as his son. Okay. From, from those early moments in, in scripture when he's called by God to take care of Mary and take care of this child. So what would it feel like to not be able to provide a decent place for your spouse, your wife to give birth to your child, your adoptive son. That would have been hard for me. Okay. Imagine what Joseph went through with that kind of suffering. Okay. The prophecy of, yeah. Okay. The prophecy of Simeon, consider this, right? He says that Jesus is a sign that will be contradicted and that a sword is going to pierce Mary's heart as well. In Luke chapter two, 33 to 35. I mean, that would be so hard for me as a father to hear, hey, you know what? Your spouse is going to suffer intensely and your son here, he's going to be a sign that's going to be contradicted. And you know, you know that Jesus, that there's a calling here. You've had an exceptional calling to be a husband and a father to this family. To hear that when Jesus is is a babe from Simeon, I'm, that must have been an intense sacrifice, a struggle, okay? Then here's a struggle, right? They're Them being refugees and having to flee to Egypt to save Jesus's life from the slaughter of the innocents in, in Bethlehem. You know, that struggle could have gone on for years, mm-hmm. right? That that was an intense sacrifice for Joseph to take the Holy Family somewhere completely foreign. They don't have friends in Egypt as far as we're aware to provide for them there. Like how hard was it for Joseph to get work there uh, to take care of his family? Could have been intensely difficult, right? Huge sacrifice. Uh, and then the terror of having lost Jesus when he was in the temple in Luke 2.45. I mean, you have you ever lost your kid in a store? I, I haven't lost mine for longer than 30 seconds, but oh my. <laughs> like, it feels like eternity when it happens. It does, right? It's absolutely terrifying. Now, and these are the sacrifices of Joseph that we get in sacred scripture. Imagine how many more sacrifices he would have done, how many more Jesus would have saw, how many opportunities Jesus had to imitate Joseph as a role model and his self-sacrifice that Jesus was able to take to the cross. Imagine this, that Joseph made, Joseph's example 
may have even inspired Jesus to make heroic self-sacrifice of himself on the cross. Thinking of his own father, earthly father, Joseph, may have made that easier for Jesus. Not that it'd be easy to carry the sins of the entire world, mine and yours. And I know my sinfulness, Jonathan. Okay. I know that what a burden that was for Jesus. Okay. And I'm not even dead yet. I know what I, what a burden I can, must continue to be uh, on my Lord. You know, God, thank you for your grace and salvation. But you know, anything that would lighten Jesus's burden on the cross and, and, and that whole process of his whole passion, death, uh, leading up to his resurrection that Joseph could have helped in that. Okay. This just blew my mind because <laughs> What you just said about him getting this this example of sacrifice from his father, and then he turns around, and in the process of carrying the weight, the sins of the world, he carries the sins of his own father in his yeah. sacrifice. Yeah, this this blows my mind. Yeah, it's some great stuff. I mean, and and, you know, Mary says the same thing. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Jesus died for both of his parents to save them. Uh, Some traditions see it as a supernatural, super saving of of Mary early. She, this grace that Jesus won on the cross and through his resurrection was pre-applied to Mary because God's not bound by time at all. But yeah, okay, Joseph would have received that saving power that he partially could have inspired and could have assisted with. But of course, God the Father would do this, right? Like if he wants everything for his son Jesus on earth, the heavenly father is going to give Jesus a good earthly example so that Jesus in his humanity can be well-formed to carry out God the father's will for Jesus, which was his passion and death. Hmm. Fun stuff that we just don't think about much, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me switch over to our next one. His devotion. Okay, consider Joseph's devotion. And we've touched on this just a little bit already, but what kind of person would you be if you spent most of your waking time in the presence of God? Okay, with Jesus. Consider that this was the experience of Joseph and Mary. And it's clear from that that they would have had an incredible devotion to God that nobody else in history could have competed with. Who else has lived more intimately with God in all of history? Okay, like we ought to beg the Holy Spirit to fill us with the grace to be the kind of man that Joseph was. Okay. And then the fourth one on Joseph, the fourth topic I wanted to touch on is his obedience. Okay. And we, a couple of the examples I gave earlier in terms of Joseph's suffering also apply to Joseph's obedience. And again, the same thing that you picked up on in terms of, you know, Jesus's sacrifice and him being inspired by Joseph, the same thing applies here in terms of obedience. Not only did Joseph's sacrifice possibly inspire Jesus to make his sacrifice, but Joseph's obedience to God's will is what taught Jesus to be obedient to the Father's will as well. Now, would Jesus have rebelled if Joseph was a bad dad? No, okay, I'm convinced not. But Joseph still stands in terms of forming Jesus's earthly personhood in this. So Joseph's obedience, okay? Joseph did what God told him to do even when it didn't make any sense or it may have seemed absolutely impossible, okay? Matthew 1, 20, okay? He takes Mary. She's mysteriously pregnant with Jesus. She takes him into his home as his wife. He's commanded to do this, right? What does the angel say? Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1, 20, okay? This is nuts, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm imagining myself as a first century guy, like, no way. I'm engaged, you know, I'm married, not living with, you know, my, my wife, 
what, what, you know, she's pregnant. How personally, I, I struggle with my faith life a lot of times. Okay. Um, but wow, Joseph's obedience here is absolutely incredible. It's like, yeah, this is going to be the rest of your life. You're going to take care of, of Mary whom you love, who's your spouse. Okay. Who, you know, you, you're not living with her, but she's your spouse. Okay. And you're going to take this child that she is, has conceived that she's carrying, that she's pregnant with and raise him as your own. Whoa. Okay. Massive he didn't question anything either. He just right. obeyed. Yeah. And, and yeah, we don't get that. Okay. Let, let's say that he did, you know, and, and how would we get this information? The gospel writers would have heard the stories about Joseph mm-hmm. from Mary and from Jesus. Okay. Mary and Jesus would have been the sources who could have said, well, you know what? This is, this is what Joseph did. This is how he reacted to that, that calling his vocation, you know, Mm -hmm. but the way that Joseph gets painted in scripture, we don't get that negative stuff about Joseph. We don't get any doubts. You know, it's, it's just pretty straightforward and clean. Obviously he's not the, the protagonist. He's not the main character of the gospels. He shouldn't be. Jesus is, but what comes down to the gospel writers is yeah, he did it right? Joseph, he chose with his feet. Okay. He didn't just give lip service to Jesus. He got it done, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, absolutely. so there's, yeah. Another one that I love is uh, Matthew chapter two thirteen. Okay. Joseph obeys God's commands to take Jesus and Mary into Egypt to care for them until they return to Nazareth. And even then, okay. In Matthew two thirteen, it says, get up, talking to Joseph, the angels talking to Joseph, get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. Okay. And then Matthew 2 20, just seven verses later, the angel comes back to Joseph after a while. This could have been years. Okay. Maybe it was a decade. We don't know how long it was. Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Okay. Joseph is totally obedient to the promptings of God through the angels that God sends, the messengers that he sends. And, and what about you and me? You know, when I'm inspired to do something good, virtuous, okay, how do I respond to the promptings of God through the Holy Spirit? Am I obedient immediately or do I resist? <laughs> do I say, oh God, I'm not, I'm not worthy to do that. You know, I'm, I'm just a, a lowly carpenter. I can't do your will. That's too hard. Call somebody else. Okay. Joseph had true humility. I would, I would say humility True humility is not a false humility of, oh, I'm not good enough, God. I can't do your calling for me. True humility is knowing who we are, knowing our strengths and our weaknesses and admitting those. And Joseph was like, okay, God, you know, I can't do this, but I know that you'll give me the grace to. And when I look at being a dad, I am, I am not worthy to be the father of my three children. You know, I don't know how you feel about this, Jonathan, but I'm not. Okay. I know that I desperately need God's grace. I feel the same. Yeah. Right. Like to, to be the father I'm called to be and to be the husband I'm called to be, I need God's grace. And I imagine that Joseph would have been in the same boat, that he was well aware of his inability to properly raise this child with it and everything that he observed, right? This, this Mary conceiving miraculously, giving birth to Jesus, the, the Magi show up, the angels are calling him to go to Egypt and come back, like all this stuff. Okay. Joseph pondered this stuff in his heart, like Mary did he would have been begging God for grace, okay, and needed it. And obviously the father would have given the Joseph the grace he needs, just like God the father gives us the grace we need to be the fathers and the husbands, right? St. Paul says, my grace is sufficient. Paul was struggling, he prays to God, and God says, my grace is sufficient for you, mm. okay? Uh, and the last one, the last story in terms of Joseph's obedience is Matthew two twenty two. Scripture says, but when he heard 
that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there, and after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. So again, okay, the angel says, oh, go back to Israel. So he goes back to Israel. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Herod's son is ruling now. He's a train wreck too. He's going to kill Jesus. So just go back to Nazareth. Okay, head back to Galilee. And again, obedient. Every time, boom, 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 Joseph is obedient. Wow, that is that speaks volumes. I mean, of of an example of what we're supposed to be. You know, one of the things I'm a broken record on so many episodes about this. The heart of what makes men unstable and makes fathers unstable is number one, they don't know who they are, and number two, they don't know their purpose. Mm-hmm. And in everything we've just discussed, those two things are always there. Joseph is always aware of who he is and his purpose. And Uh Jesus is aware of who he is and aware of his purpose. And Joseph was instrumental in helping Jesus connect, stay connected to that, be aware of that. Joseph was an example in his own life. And this is the part that gets really humbling to me, that there's a potential there that Jesus was learning these character traits from Joseph. That, that to me is also mind blowing and humbling. Definitely. And I like what you say about, you know, we as men, we don't always know who we are and, and our purpose. And there's a little phrase that a a good friend of mine who's into leadership, he's a great businessman, a great Christian had to share. He said, it's important that we know who we are and we know whose we are that we are sons of God, not in the capital S sense, not like Jesus, but we're, we're God's sons and that God has a plan for us. And I think that applies right back into what you're saying about who we are and our purpose. Because if we know who we are and our whose we are, even more important, if we know whose we are, that tells us even more about who we are and God gives us a mission. He gives us a purpose that we can have both of those fulfilled if we know whose we are. Absolutely. I've, said this before, I'll say it again. My mind has been blown with what we've talked about. It is absolutely amazing. And Anthony, I'm so grateful that you came onto this program and I've learned a lot in the short time that we've had. And I know the fathers listening have learned a lot as well. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Fantastic to join you, Jonathan. God bless to you and all of your listeners. Now, before we go, If you want to learn more about Anthony and what he's doing, then you can go to his website, anthonydigman.com. And I'll go ahead and spell that out for you. It's Anthony, so A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, Digman, that's D like Delta, I-G-M, like Mike, A-N, like November, N, like November, anthonydigman.com. I will also post a link to his website in the episode description. So if you go to the fatherhoodchallenge.com, that's the fatherhoodchallenge.com and you go to this episode, go to the description. The link to his website will be right down below the description. And from his website, you can also find his YouTube channel there. Uh, He has his own YouTube channel. You can see all of his books and all of his material there and learn more about what he's doing. So thank you once again for joining me. Anthony, thanks for being on the program. Take care, Jonathan. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.